That's our guy. Well, it's Former cold, Badger right? Hockey great. Barry Richter. Yeah, perfect. When it's minus seven, is that too cold to be out on the Richter no, Pond, Barry? No, or is no, that no, perfect no. pond hockey no, weather? Perfect pond hockey weather. How was the Richter perfect. Pond, by the way? It's a little choppy. We had that bad bad weather. Yeah. God, we had that bad weather in like January where it's like sort of yeah. warm and then you have some snow and then you have some freeze. You so. got a little Zamboni out there or no? Uh, it's all by hand, so it's a pain in the butt. So, what it, so do, you make your son, do you make your kids do it or do you do it? I have to do it. That's well, a problem. Oh, come on, Barry. That's a problem. It's like when your kid says they really want a dog. It's like, well, you're going to feed exactly. it? Exactly. You know, I'm it? right there with the dog situation. So, <laughs> who, who, so would, my wife. who would win it, in a pond it? hockey game then, Barry? The Barry Richter pond hockey team or the team from Mystery Alaska? Oh, our, my team for sure. Oh, the Richter my squad team for, for sure. Jeez, come on. You watch that? You watch Rockets. those guys skate? I mean, Russell Crowe, he was the sheriff and the star player. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> and he could fight. Russell Crowe's a fighter. And Burt Reynolds was the coach. I mean, do you have, I mean, who's better? You are a pretty good looking guy, though, Barry. Was it Russell? Versus- where is he born? Australia? Yeah, he's a like he. Doesn't, I don't think he fights New in the Zealand? movie, but he's a he's like a fighter. <laughs> he's a fighter, or yeah, something like that. Like he fights people. Yeah, Barry, he's, you need a mustache. Like, who'd you say was in that movie again? Burt the, yeah, Burt Reynolds. Barry Burt. would be the Barry's the coach, so the dad mm. of the one of the players. So Barry would be Burt Reynolds. You need a mustache though. <laughs> I can't do it. Neither can it's too, I. It's too mine's, light. Too light up mine's there. Mine's white. Yeah. Well, I'm going to set that up. Like in the movie, you know, they they oh, set boy. up. A, it was the New York Rangers versus Mystery Alaska. I'm going to set up. Mystery Alaska versus the Barry Richter pond hockey team. All right, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. And sadly, <laughs> that may be more entertaining than the, the current situation. Oh, oh yeah, it was tough. It was um, tough last weekend, guys. What, what? I mean, I, I don't want to beat a team up or kick a guy when he's down, yeah. but Barry, what the hell? Well, I think they're. if you look at the, the <laughs> box score on Friday, and the game was on TV, but I was traveling to St. Louis with the uh, the youth team that I coached, the Madison Capitals, so we, uh, we were down in St. Louis. Which is a great hockey town. That's had a, such a hey, such shout a, such out a, to the Battlehawks and the uh, XFL. Oh, XFL, big, yeah. big XFL fan. <laughs> Battlehawks. I did watch a little XFL over uh, when bad, I was in my hotel. Not bad. What do you think of the kickoffs? I, love I like it. it. You're like, hey, not yeah, bad, not I'm bad. F- I mean, I'm a fan. It's more football. Extra points. I love it. One, two, Pick or three points. Pick your line points. where you yeah, want to go. go. There you go. So, well, I watched a little bit of the game and. Uh, you know, they just get a little momentum going, and then all of a sudden they just didn't get a big save or they didn't get, you know, something that happened that they end up in their net. And so you knew it was going to be a tough time in Yost Arena. Um, even though Michigan is down this year, too, they're in sixth place. Badgers were in seventh place. But they just couldn't get things going, and uh, it just seems like it's uh, – but there's some positive things that were that were played out. They just can't get, a, you know, a, a victory, so to speak. And then – you know, if you watched, uh, they did have to put their third string goaltender in yeah. for the third period, uh, Johan Blumkrist, because Jack Berry is hurt and he still is hurt. And they have a couple other guys hurt as well, where you have, uh, you know, Alex Turcott is still out and he's a first rounder, fifth overall for the Kings. So that's not the excuse of why, why there's, uh, there's, they got swept over the weekend, but at the same time, you know, it's, as I told you guys before we got on air, it's like a broken record where, you know, maybe they don't get the big save at the right time amount of time um you know they obviously scored enough goals on uh, friday night but they're just the defense and the team defense has to tighten up and get a little bit better and you know when you go to go to saturday night it's just it's tough to go into saturday when one thing goes wrong when you are on this roll you know it just it's, it's then all of a sudden all of a yeah. sudden something like the next game you're like fresh all right let's go get them you're trying to be so positive and everyone has been positive in the locker room you know from uh, talking to tony granado but when thing when it just ends up in your your net, then all of a sudden you're just the heads hang. You can see it. It's just it's tough sledding. 
It's tough for the boys. Barry, I mean, it's like a snowball effect, right? And not in a good way. I feel Dude, like it's not in a good way. You know, in Indiana Jones, where he first gets that idol and he's he's scratching his chin and he puts the bag of sand on there, and then the <laughs> then the big, you know, the huge like wrecking the, ball, the ball, the ball comes out. Legendary. Indiana Jones escapes it, obviously. I feel like Wisconsin got ran over. Yeah. By it. I think it's like just a snowball that's crushed. Yeah, it. it's 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 hard right now, but uh, you know. The, the feeling around the locker room. I just watched Indiana you, Jones. Yeah, that, by the <laughs> I was gonna say very detailed, Evo. Very detailed. Great movie. Great you, analogy. Yeah. yeah. And if it, but you know what? There's no, there's no quit in this team. There's no quit in the coaching staff. There's no, uh, the, you know, they're not gonna feel sorry for themselves. They, they've come out and said it's been disappointing. You know, they're facing it. They're not trying yeah. to hide it. They're not gonna have any excuses. Um, well, if you feel sorry for yourself, no one's going to care anyway. No one's going to care. Yep. And so they they have to worry about this weekend, and they got to worry about trying to make a run in the playoffs and and trying to get the team ready. They got Penn State coming in, which is a very very good team, number nine, ninth in the nation. Um, they're going to play a fast paced hockey. They're going to they're going to try to do a quick transition, making passes side to side in the offensive zone and try to get the goalies moving opening up the net a little bit. So it's going to be another big test for the Badgers, and they're playing at home. So you can't feel sorry for yourselves. you got to get uh, look at the task at hand and, and try to gain some momentum here heading into the Big Ten playoffs. Uh, visiting with our Badger hockey insider, Barry Richter. Yeah, you go Penn State at home, non-conference with Arizona State, then you finish the regular season, Barry, at Ohio State at the end of February. This is um, a tough schedule, boys, yeah, coming up. I, I mean, yeah, you, have six, you have six games against probably top 15 teams. People don't know Arizona State is uh, – you know, I think around 11 or 12, depending on what week you look at it, but they're right there. So, I mean, look, when, when you're talking about right now an, an overall record, 10 and 17, I mean, you, you could win out at this point, Barry, and still not be 500. I mean, it, it's it's such a, it's like it's a sports cliche, but is it just like play spoiler now or just try and win each period, win each faceoff? I mean, just, seriously. Like for I'm the not going to come in this week with cliches. Little, no, nope, you need to. No, you not, do the little things. Not doing the cliches. Here's what it is. They do not want to play the spoiler. They don't want to do it. They don't want to be the spoiler guys coming out. They want to get their game going. They don't want to I mean, worry about. You do about have upending. an automatic. Sp- I mean, there is still the, the prize of winning the Big Ten tournament. I mean, yeah. that could seem like a massively long shot at this point. But I mean, is that the sell? Hey, until you're eliminated from the Big Ten tournament, the season isn't over. Yeah, and you're playing against teams. You're playing against Penn State this weekend, where you may face them in that first round of the playoffs. So there's a lot of implications here going into this weekend. Where hey, they got to get on track. They got to start playing well. Got to get some momentum. Got to get feeling good about their game. And then also just sort of just maybe they're going to play Penn State, so that's always a good precursor of what goes on, and maybe you can do a little chink in the armor before that series happens. I know you didn't want to give any coach speak, <laughs> but I, I like I feel like they need it though. So what, what you're saying, they don't want to be spoiler. They want to just like so. What does that mean if you don't want to be spoiler? Well, you want to you want to worry about your own team. I, I think that's okay, what they're I got saying. You. Yeah. They are worrying about their own team. They're not worrying about upending Penn State this weekend, so Penn State's not going to win the Big Ten championship. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be th- that team. They want to worry about trying to just get back on track. Yeah. I mean, but once again, you got to play basic. Yes, there you got to make sure yes. they make the first pass. Do the little things do the, right. Yeah, do the, the little defense things. come to you. Defense. Yep. You got to play some defense. You can't let eight goals in. I mean, they got to tighten that up. You so keep the guy in front of you, Barry. Got to keep everyone in front of you. Defensive side keep of the puck. Stick on the ice. You know. So, anyways, it's uh, <laughs> they. Like I said, Tony. Tony said it in his press conference. We, we're not going to play the spoiler. We have to. We uh, we are worried about our team just to make sure that we're going to be playing hardcore hockey at the end of the at the end of the year. And they have a test. They have a test here coming up in the next three weekends.
So you said there were some positives from last weekend and that you saw. Well, give us something good. What were some of the positives from that series in Michigan? Well, you got the, you got, scored. Yeah, yeah. They scored, they had some goals. I mean, you got Max Zimmer, who's a who's a senior, who's he's coming out of the shell a little bit. You know, getting a little more playing time, playing a little more offensive. You got a good story in Cole Caulfield, who uh, you know. When was the last time I'm going to ask you guys uh, a freshman Badger was leading the uh, the league? In goal scoring, when was the last time? When Barry Richter, nineteen eighty nine, Barry Richter. Ah, uh, close, close. That is a very good. You're warm, but you're not hot. It is uh, Mike Eaves and Mark oh, Johnson. Nice. Both at the same time were freshmen, and uh, that's the last time the Badger had that. So you have Cole Caulfield, who uh, there's a bright uh, spot, you know, for the Badgers, and um, and is doing very well and scoring. So you just, like I said, you have to make sure. You know, I think the defensive core really is 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 underachieving. I'm not I'm not saying anything that no one knows. I mean, these guys are come from the US team and they have to do a lot better. Part of that is the goaltending as well. So when you make a mistake, it's just like a, a safety in football, you know, you may lose your guy but you have that safety sort of backing you up and then, you yeah. know, tackles him. Yeah. Well, if your safety's not making the tackle, they're, you're, they're you getting burnt is actually more <laughs> accentuated than the safety, right? Yep. So that's what's happening right Good now. Good analogy, Barry. Yeah, we got there Indiana go. Jones, for your football, got football. For your football listeners out yeah. there. Well, here, then we'll continue to keep it positive. You said Mark Johnson. There's nothing more positive, oh, Barry. let's talk about We're it. We're 10 days away. Yep. Uh, next Saturday is the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. I know... When, when we were here earlier in the season, you know, we had our buddy Bill Brophy in here and we had Strobes in here talking about some of the, the obviously the Badger connection. Uh, Mark Johnson, centerpiece of that run and that win. Um, talk about as a, as a lifelong hockey guy, what it means for the people like Ebo and Nelson who weren't alive on February 22nd, <laughs> 1980. What is what did that mean? Because that, that was that, he's on his phone right now. Nelson's not even paying he, attention. He even. Barry, welcome to our life. Yeah, I Jesus, say. I I get tingles actually just listening to you do the countdown to the Miracle on Ice. I really do. And Mark Johnson and Bob Suter are a big part of it. Growing up here in Madison, you have two Badgers. Mark Johnson was the best player on that team. I will say it. He'll never come out, and he's such a humble guy. Yeah. Mike Urizoni gets all the accolades, you right. know, as being captain and scoring the game winner. But if you look at the compilation, it was Mark Johnson. Of that Watch the movie Miracle. It'll, it's Mark it's Johnson. So just to have uh, to talk about it, it's been 40 years, and it was a huge impact, uh, not only on American hockey, but in, t- in the nation in general, right? Culture, you know, too, beating Russia. Yeah. The, the yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah, the the Soviets, uh, the U.S. You know, in terms of political and stuff going on. I don't think you'll ever get anything like that anymore. I don't think you'll ever get that with yeah. just how the internet is and how everyone's so connected. If you if you get a big matchup like that, I don't think you can ever recapture a feeling. No, I mean, it's like it, it, there was so many implications going on. They lost ten three. I believe it was like two weeks or three weeks before in the exhibition series in Madison Square Garden. I mean, they lost 10 3. Yeah. I mean, they got smoked. 10 3 is. It's That's not, an ass kicking. It's not a football game. It's 10 3. <laughs> it's not, not, not a touchdown or field goal. It's actually 10 3. So. I mean, uh, and for them to just to, to come out with a win, and that and that's a semifinal game. You got to remember that was the semifinal game that they beat the Russians, and then they had to beat the 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 Finns in the in the uh, gold medal game. So, love it. I absolutely, you know, big big. Uh, and how were big, you? Li- because obviously you weren't really, you couldn't watch really. Were you listening? Or yeah, it was you... it was all on tape delay. I remember uh, to this day, I was up in a hotel room in Green Bay. My brother had a hockey tournament up there, and we were trying to watch on the old you know tube TV because it was delayed. 
and, got four channels, five yep, channels. You, I, everyone, Money knows, ears. everyone knows where they're coming from. <laughs> everyone knows where they're going or where they were at that point in time when the Olympic team won. And, uh, you know, and Bob Suter, he coached me a little bit growing up. I got to work in his store. He used to have his gold medal just hanging there cool. all the time. Cool. You know, his jersey. Uh, you know, what a great, great time to grow up and, and, and experience that as an American-born hockey player. Is that your favorite sports memory? Uh, it, it is definitely I mean, besides one Besides your them. own personal ones, but like... Yeah, I mean, that's... You know, when you look back on it, I mean, it was just an unsurmountable feat for American players that were all amateurs, by the way. All yeah. college amateurs yeah. playing against Russians. Professionals. And professionals. And who knows what kind of gas they were using on the Russians in terms of, uh, you know... Steroids or anything. I mean, that stuff's come out the last couple tainted of years, vodka. right? Tainted, tainted, juiced I mean, up potatoes. So, I mean, these guys were like machines. Ivan Drago's on skates. Yeah. And so I'm for the crazy. for the amateurs to to come out of there with a win, it was just an impactful moment. Oh. Al Michaels, legendary call. You know, I mean, it's. I'm sure uh, you heard some cool stories too, working with for Bob Suter then, eh? Yeah, he was just really cool. He never really liked to talk about it. To be oh, honest. really? Yeah, he was just a quiet guy. I mean, he just uh, here's my gold medal hanging. Here you it can is. Check it out you know, you part of it and. Uh, it was more about the team. I mean, that's how it was. And, and you had a, a bunch of guys from the Midwest, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and then you had also the the Boston contingency coming together under Herbrook. So what a great thing. So cool. Go out and watch that. Miracle on Ice, great movie. Um, a lot of things that are depicted in there are, are, are correct in terms of you know him skating it and Herbrook's being very, very hard on the players. But all in all, they loved him. And uh, Kurt Russell, Herbrook's great hair. One of the greatest great hairstyles oh, great ever. Hair. I mean, that, you got to have a good salad. Yeah, in hockey. you, you got to have a great oh. salad. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. See, Barry, you were worried it would be all negative. This was a, <laughs> a very positive segment today. Do you want to? Do you want to leave with anything positive? Give words. You well, know, here, here's a here's a little positive thing. You got the Badgers playing Penn State. Uh, Nittany Lions coming in uh, Friday and Saturday. And I do want to mention that there's a local uh, kid on the team, Cole Holtz from Stoughton, Wisconsin. Number two. Hey, Nelly. Nelly Stoughton, right. what up? Oh, now he's waking up yep. over there. <laughs> so Cole Holtz, I got to coach him when uh, he was uh, 13, 14 years old, and my son played with him. And what a tremendous story. Here is a kid that uh, just played locally, played for Madison Capitals here, but just stuck with it. You know, had a couple bumps early on when he was younger, and now he's the all-time leading goal scorer for a defenseman for Penn State. So wow. number two, great, great kid, um, local boy that's going to come in here uh, and drafted by the L.A. Kings and hopefully has a great, uh, bright NHL future. So there that's you cool, go. Man. That's cool. And if you're yep. looking for something to do with your date on Friday night, it's bring your date uh, to the Cole Center oh, yeah, because Valentine's it's Valentine's Day. Day. Ooh, Valentine's Day. Ooh, Barry, we gotta oh, get on Evil looks. Yeah, Evil looks like you're gonna go get a heart shaped pizza. Rocky Rococo's Evil. What Dude, are you gonna do? My wife is on some like vegan kick right now. If I were to bring pizza home, <laughs> I would be. Here's what she's like. Okay, Friday, can we make vegan lasagna? It might yeah. be good. Barry, put me out of my misery now. Wow. Can you check me up against like you did back in the NHL? Can you check me in the boards? That, that just sounds about the most like, hot Friday well, night in town. This is what she wants to do for Valentine's Day. Cooking vegan, vegan lasagna, lasagna on a well, Friday night kill for me Valentine's now. Day. I, I mean, did you boys watch uh, Game Changers <laughs> on Netflix? It's did you cheap. watch Game Changers on Netflix? Oh, you told us to watch that. Yeah, so, I mean, here's, here's a team. You got the Tennessee right, Titans. When she, when she, half, half the team is all vegan, so they feel like they're... Oh, my uh, God, she follows the uh, one of the... Now that you've <laughs> triggered it there... She follows a chef that's married to one of the Titans who cooks for the whole team, yeah. and they swear by it. So do you imagine the Joe and Ebo show if you guys went on a vegan diet, how top-notch you guys would be every morning Very, if you were vegan? We can't get any better, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Nelly, maybe. And, I, and, I, and I'm doing this. Can you imagine Barry 
if this was a Miller Lite instead of a Gatorade. Yeah. Uh, you know how, how I'm operating on yeah. Gatorade. Can you imagine if that was what it should be? A yeah. beer. A lot more colorful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Barry. Well, I uh, see this wasn't that bad at all. That was a great no, little segment. It was, it's always good to see you guys. I'm hoping the Badgers can come out of there. Hey, let's you- go. it'd be awesome to have two wins and just be like a, a shocker to the system, to yeah. have the Badgers sweep, get the get the brooms out. They're sweeping. They're you sweeping. Know? Are you bringing home a heart-shaped pizza on Friday? Hot. Well, I'm going to be traveling to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, for a hockey tournament, so I will not. All right, I'll not... drop some off that vegan lasagna vegan. for you. <laughs> lasagna. Give it to Barry. I don't yeah. need any. I'm good. Freeze it up for me. Thaw it up for me, and then I'll, I'll make sure next week when I come in. So hopefully it's not Groundhog Day next week, boys, and we have yeah. some good news to talk about. Thank you, Barry. Something's not adding up here. Are we the drunkest state or are we not? You can't have 12 of the 20 drunkest cities, but only be the sixth drunkest state. So what is the truth? Do we? Because I think we love thinking we're this badass drinking state. Are we really? Are, are we really not? Or are 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 is it? Are we even more over the top than than the research is giving us credit for? And we've even gone past the level of drinking that people think. I demand a recount. And also, I love this idea on Twitch. Borderlands Bucks fan says, "Can we settle this once and for all with a countrywide drink off?" It's like yeah. the movie Beer Fest, where it's got all the nations against each other. Yeah. We'll pit all the states against each other right here on the Joe and Ebo show. That would be amazing. You send your best individual from each state, and we'll have a drink off. I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be amazing. And um, we would win in the landslide. No doubt. Uh, all right. So I, I just, someone's got to have an explanation. Uh, 608 321 1670. Nelson, and we want to get back to the Brewers, but I know you were uh, had a reaction. What do you think of. Former Jettison Brewer manager Ron Renicky as the new manager for the Boston Red Sox. What's their over under for win total? Yeah, look at the Boston Red Sox under. Ron <laughs> Renicky. Come on. Obviously, you can tell I'm not a big fan of his. Ron Renicky. Well, may- maybe, but hang on. I'll take the may- under. Maybe he just, you know. If he had inherited Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Kane, Josh Hader, I'm just saying, could Renicky still be the manager of the Brewers? No. Look at look at what he had when he was there. He had a pretty good team. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't even think they named him manager. I think they named him interim interim yeah, they manager. Named him interim manager. <laughs> I mean that but, says I mean, it all right. That says it all right there. But the season starts today. Like, I know. You know. It's like, what do you want, interim manager until win? I, I think that says it all right there about Ron Renicky. They won't name him manager. They'll name him the interim manager. <laughs> I mean, he had a winning record with Milwaukee: three forty-two, three thirty-one. Nelson, uh, five playoff wins. Did get to an NLCS. Yeah, they had the one good year in two thousand eleven, and what did they do after? Nothing but underachieve. I, uh, I'm gonna look up the. Do you he, the he got Vegas them to the NLCS Vegas in his first totals. year. MLB. Could you say he just he, he 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 blew the load right out of the shot? Oof! I mean, his first year as Brewers manager, they went to the NLCS. Yeah, won 96 games. He definitely blew his load way too early. It's like disappointing someone during foreplay. You got to last a little longer. But did or or was Rennick just like Chris Carter always tells us? Was, was was Ron Renicky like um, Mark Antanasio's fall guy because they started selling everybody off? You know, it was Prince Fielder, and then it was Weeks, and they started selling everybody off. Maybe Renicky was just the fall guy. What did he have left to work with by 2015? Uh, the Red Sox, this was from late December, though. The Red Sox, Vegas opened them up at regular season wins 89. 
You're gonna take the under. Hammer take the under. Hammer the Hammer. under. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't see the Red Sox winning now. I would, I Plus, would. they have the Yankees in that division. You have the Rays, who've been good the last couple years. Man, you say what did he have to work with later on in some of his seasons? What has Craig Council had to work with in some of these seasons that, where they? Oh, I don't think he's better than Craig Council. I'm just you know. Well, look what Ren, look what Renicky. Maybe Renicky did he get did he get dealt a bad hand in uh, at the end of his time with the Brewers? I think he got dealt a bad hand this year. He's got to deal with the Cora. <laughs> yeah, he's got to deal with that. What are you talking about? He's got to deal with Cora's departure, the team facing public backlash over the Mookie Betts and David Price, the investigation into sign stealing. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying and they don't even mess. have the confidence in you to name you the <laughs> official manager. I think I think Renegade got dealt the worst hand now. They know the crew. Oh my goodness! Uh, I almost feel sorry for him. There's a reason why he hasn't surfaced in the big leagues as a manager, and he stayed as a bench coach and pitching coach. <laughs> Ron Renicky. Well, he got fired. Okay, so what? What do you think? I'm looking back at Renicky. Obviously, 2011, the, the pinnacle of success. Win the division, go to the NLCS. 2012, they win 83 games. Uh, decent season. Obviously, they didn't miss the playoffs. 2013. Is this where we're the in? Should we saw the incoming there? 74 88. But then they brought him back in 14. That was that the epic collapse. I mean, that was a good team. Or do you do you look at the it didn't matter because they lost like 20 games in a row to end the season in 2014? Renicky wasn't bad though, Nels. I find it hard to I Is find that it on, hard to say it was a good team when they completely collapsed. They had the best they, record in baseball at the all-star break. And they finished two games above 500. And then, or is this what undid him? They start in 2015, seven and eighteen, and then they fire him twenty five games. Well, into looking the season. back, and I didn't mind Renicky. I didn't think he was bad. I, I, I wouldn't. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. And he, he dressed up as J Rock from Trailer Park Boys one year for Halloween. That was pretty funny. If you like Trailer Park Boys, Brewers haven't had a R. good R. manager. Jim Leahy, right? Yeah, rest in peace, Jim Leahy. Outside of Craig Council, Brewers haven't had a good j- manager since Ned Yost. Um, J. A. And Krebs. those rosters were not good for Ned Yost. Nelly, J. A. Krebs says, I don't think Nelson realizes how hard it is to win in Milwaukee. Ron wasn't a de- Ron was a decent manager. He's no Craig, but he wasn't terrible. I'm looking for the best. I want to win. <laughs> Ron Renneke Yeah, because no one else says bill. either. It's only like only Nell is looking up for the best. Yeah, it's like that drop in the fantasy zone. I want winners. <laughs> Nelson just wants winners. Well, anyway, Ron Renneke uh, hired as uh, I will in- say I'll take the under for the Boston Red Sox. And I will say I, total. It, whatever. I will say this for the detractors of Ron Renneke. The fact that pitchers and catchers are reporting today and there are actual spring training games next week, yet he's called the interim manager. I, I don't. How do you have an interim manager a week before a season starts? The interim <laughs> manager is Joe Philbin was the interim head coach when the Packers fired Mike McCarthy with four games to go. As stupid as that was, that's the definition of an interim coach. I don't think you're interim a week before the season starts. You're the yeah. manager at this point. Just, the season's starting in a week. You're the manager. It's, How it, are you the – are they going to hire another manager between now and next Friday or now on opening day? Well, Ron, we'll let you coach the, uh, the, the, the Grapefruit League games, but by the time opening day hits, we expect to have your replacement. Hey, what what are the interim manager for spring training? So they say Renicky is the latest chapter in a guarded, low-key manager search with a little information coming from the offices of Fenway. Boston interviewed the Oakland A's quality control coach, Diamondbacks bench coach, and Red Sox third base coach, 
before they gave Renicki the interim tag. The players for the Red Sox said, Ron is a great candidate. He knows our team. Very intellectual guy. Great mind for the love of the game. Quote, he's great, and I love him. I don't know. I'll just take the under. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, eighty nine seems uh, that that just feels like you're getting credit for being named the Boston Red Sox and not looking at what's going on. Yes, with that team. But um, all right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. I want to get uh, back into this uh, Brewer poll, man. I maybe uh, maybe I have too many high expectations. Maybe I need to temper my expectations here based on this. Well, SAO. this Brewers team, man, is. You raise an eyebrow, right? I mean, even bringing back Eric Sogard, I'm like, what? what's going on there? And then the pitching staff, that's a question mark, and you got so many other things that you're just like, I don't know how this team's going to do it. What's, what's we do in the poll right now? Is it just getting 500? Yeah, 500. Yikes. I mean, that, that's how we're – two years removed from Game 7 of the National League Championship Series. I mean, Christian Yelich very well could have won back-to-back MVPs had he not gotten hurt in the last last month of the season, and we're, we're already all the way down to just a 500 team. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> On the Twitter poll at Zone Madison with pitchers and catchers reporting today, kind of the unofficial start – of the baseball season, your expectations, Brewer fans, World Series, division title, earn one of the two wild cards, or just finish 500 or above. Uh, right now, 41% of you just saying, I'll take 81 and 81, which keeps you relevant, keeps you interested, I will say, if you believe the Packers are onto something big here with LaFleur and Rodgers, and you believe Badger basketball or Badger football will will capitalize and advance from the the Rose Bowl success and have another big year Uh, all really you really want then the Brewers to do is keep you entertained till August because then you get football so if if that's the line of thinking 81 and 81 certainly keeps you interested in June July and the first part of August and then once mid to late August hits and football starts again then you can say well thank you Brewers what what 81 and 81 does is doesn't really give you much to root for, to pay attention to in late August, early September, because you're probably not a playoff team at 81 and 81. True. I mean, you're relevant. And, you know, that's wasn't that our motto for the longest time with the Milwaukee Brewers or all sports, sports team, or teams. All sports teams just be general, relevant. Just be relevant at the end. Brewers been to the playoffs six times. Obviously, a majority of them coming right now in this last stretch here. <laughs> I feel like they're trending down, though. I feel like they're trending down. Yeah, but are, I, you're exactly right, but are, is it fair? You're 100% right. No, it's not right. fair because... In- Nobody is excited about this team, and I guess my my question is why. Because there was so much excitement a year ago. It's just because you don't have names. You don't know the names, and the names you do know outside of Yelly are getting old. Braun, old. Kane, old. If you look at the pitching staff, you're like, who? We got an MVP from Korea that's supposed to be like one of our anchors? Besides Woody, like Brandon Woodruff, there's a guy to excited. Who do you get excited about in the Milwaukee Brewers? Woodruff, Kess Daddy, aka Keston Hira, Yelly, Ryan Joseph Braun, of course. Are you building up a dramatic pause for that? I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, but I'll say it just for you, Ryan Joseph Braun. Thank, thank you. Who do you get excited for in the Brewers outside of those three, and if you include Braun for Smoke? I think what you have name. to mention Josh Hader, but then that's the other thing that's kind of in the back of people's minds. Josh Hader's been rumored to be traded. He blew it last year. He's on my S list. I don't know. I think you're really going to want a Josh Hader on this True. roster. Come Once he come strikes March. out that first guy, I'll be back on his side. But So, Hader, so they got 
Nelson, I assume you don't include Braun. So Dude, you, you got four. the Korean MVP lid blob. <laughs> you can't even say his name right. What is it? Limbloom? Limbloom? Lidenbloom. Well, I mean... He does I'll, not have I'll, a song either. Okay, and I like also will remind you, Ebo, that Nelson was all over Yulis Chasina's You Lose Chakin, and then he basically was one of the reasons we got to the NLCS. So. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Not last year. Look, Nelson. Do you do you think it's fair? Do you think it's fair that there was? I would use the word apathy from Brewer fans. There's not a lot of excitement. Do you think we're being unfair to the team to not being more jacked up for them than I feel like Brewer fans are? Before you answer that, Nelly, the one thing that you can have faith in right now because he's not done anything to prove us wrong on that is in Stearns. We trust. And there is you got to you got to keep backing Stearns until he proves you wrong. You can't you can't give up on him. Like like I feel like he's going to be in Mount Notice sooner than later, even though he hasn't done anything. Fair point. But also, on the other hand, you could say, well, what has he really done this year? I mean, this year they've brought, they've turned over this roster quite a bit if you look look at it with different pitchers and different position players. Didn't they cut payroll by 20% too? Exactly. But that's the thing. They didn't go out and spend any money. They didn't bring in any huge names that casual baseball fans would know. They didn't bring in a Mike Moustakis. They didn't bring in a Yasmani Grandal. They brought in a lot of these guys that they're – Hoping will work out or hoping we'll have bounce back seasons. And it's it's a gamble. It's almost like uh David Stearns gambled last year having the three young pitchers in the starting rotation. It didn't work out. In Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and Freddie Peralta. And that gamble didn't work out. He's gambling again with this roster. You'll well obviously we'll see how it plays out. So I guess then is that the answer? Then it is fair to have apathy because they just they didn't get you any wow, anything to say, well. You went out and got it all. You paid seventeen million dollars for a catcher. That, that's a you know an all star perennial guy. You, you you have to be excited. I mean, you have to give him credit. We were we were led to believe that the Brewers were going to contend for World Series and playoffs, and they've done that the last two years. They've went out and spent money. We were led to believe that they were going to spend a bunch of money, but then you brought in a a ton of uh, turnover in the roster and a ton of new guys and new faces. But you really didn't spend any money. You cut back twenty percent of your yeah your twenty. You cut back. Look at the depth of the Milwaukee Brewers. Is there any depth, especially in the pitching? Oof. Like well, it's depth. Okay, Corbin these guys. Burns. Corbin Burns couldn't do anything. Like he came in with two pitches, and he got. I think it was a Terminator in, and the Eliminator, right? Didn't he end up in Double A? It was the C layer. Ended up <laughs> uh, on the Brewers roster in September for September calls, but he. Dropped as low as double A last season. Fastball Freddie. What do you do with Freddie Peralta? That guy throws like 80% fastball. I think it's pretty easy to figure him out. So, Nelson, are you then saying there are not three or four potential all-stars on this team? What about Aaron Wilkerson? Aaron Wilkerson falls into the the closer to the 30-year-old triple A pitcher (laughs) mode. The depth is what is kind of frightening. Do you have anybody, Nelson, on this roster that played in the California Penal last year? I don't know. We're I'm sure have to Stearns check their will. Records. I'm sure Stearns will get someone like that. You know, <laughs> midseason. I just is that. I mean, is it? You're right. It's a good point. I mean, yeah, Mustakis is a big name. I mean, you, a casual baseball fan knows Mike Mustakis. Uh, if you watch, you know, playoff baseball, you know Yasmani Grandal because he was on the Dodgers for all those World Series. So those are two big names they brought in. So I, I get it. Like a year ago, you're like, and then two years ago, I mean, you, you shocked the world with Kane and 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 Yelly. So I get it. To Nelson's point, the last two off seasons been pretty good. Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain two years ago, Mike Mustakas, Yosmani Grandal. 
That's pretty good. That's four All-Stars you brought in in the last two years in the offseason. This year you bring in the Korean League MVP. And it doesn't really add up. Doesn't mean he can't be good. True. But as far as wow factor, when you bring in a, you know, a guy that hits 25, 30 home runs every single year and you have a guy who's the second highest paid catcher in all of baseball, that's a little different than a guy that uh, you have to stay up at 4 in the morning and watch on Tuesday mornings <laughs> on the baseball network to see him play. It's not the same excitement level. I get that. Hey, it worked out with Thames coming from it, Korea, it, though. It did work out with Eric Thames. Why not double dip? So, I I don't know. Is it, is it You mean this? Hey, Eric Thames. That's, I don't I don't know Korean. So then is it, uh, are we right to not be as excited because there was nothing There was nothing exciting about this offseason for the Brewers? What What was the biggest exciting move? About Urias? six-day span where they had all those signings? Yeah, we were going to do day. the 12 days of Christmas. It was right during, like, right the week before Christmas. They were signing a guy a day. See, we kept talking about, you know, right when it was around Christmas time, you know, we're not too happy with this roster, but he's got plenty of time, right? The Christian Yelich, Lorenzo didn't happen until late January. Acquisitions didn't happen until late January. Well, we're closing in on mid-February, yeah. and the roster has looked pretty much the same since the first of the year. Hasn't been a whole lot of difference. I guess if you're going to hold your hat on something, we can look to two years ago when the Brewers basically brought Wade Miley in during spring training, Wade and he worked out pretty well for him. Give me Wade. So you think there's a way that that's our savior? We're gonna wait for a, an obscure pitcher to come in in preseason in the middle of Cactus League. Who unless becomes there's a huge a trade, side I, young candidate. Unless there's a huge trade, I really don't see how much more this roster could be upgraded. So J. A. Krebs tweets at me at Ebo says he says Brewers need to reload. They can't sign high dollar guys and contend. They need to do it through trades, and we don't have the pieces in minors to trade anymore. Yeah. I don't, the Brewers don't have a single prospect in the top 100. Who are they going to like? Who are you gonna trade? I mean, I will say Bryce Terang is do? right around the 100. He's, yeah, but he's, he's not floated, in the top 100. Yeah, he's floated in and out of the top 100 all last summer. It's just Well, yeah, but the, there's not a lot. I mean, they, they had a ton of pieces two years ago. They had the best. Didn't they have eight? Wasn't that the most two years ago? Yeah, they, they had the top a ton. 100. But that's what happens when all those guys come up to the big leagues. Well, right. And you trade some of them to get, you know, Christian Yelich, and then some of them are, you know, Keston Hira and guys that are now on the big league roster, Corbin Burns. So, like, those guys that were prospects two years ago are now either in another team or in the major leagues. What about you got to start it over. Brady just hit me up on Facebook. He says, Corey Ray failed us. If I was the general manager, Corey Ray would have been dealt two years ago. You would have given him the... Him and Freddie Peralta would have been gone two years ago, and I wouldn't even blinked. See, I go back and forth on Freddie Peralta. I like like him some days, the other days. Oh. Corey Ray has lost almost all value. And Nelly, you're going to have a, a nice season with your boy Orlando Arcia. Man, you can't <laughs> get any worse at shortstop. I'll say that. <laughs> and you got Eric Sogard, nerd power. See ya. Oh, the more I talk about this team, the more I get a little nervous. You got to have faith, I'm man. having faith, baby. You all know right. that Orlando Arcia will bring the glove every single day, but you also know... He isn't going to hit. And he's going to make No, some, he'll hit for like a week. He's going to make some dumb decisions too. It's a guarantee. They can't be any worse. Uh, and then he'll he'll go hit like 190 this year and he'll hit worse. <laughs>
<laughs> right when they want to send them down, it'll go on like a week hot streak, and then they'll keep them. This was a story we had earlier that the uh, some some organization called SafeHome.org uh, did a year long study with. Uh, alcohol assessments and cops and surveys and determine that. And yes, per cap, I get that. These are all small states that bidding us. But it's not like Wisconsin's, you know, California or Texas or Florida here as far as population. Uh, saying it's the six, sixth most drink drunkest state per capita. I still don't I buy don't it. I don't believe it. I don't buy it for one second. The math doesn't add up. And then, yeah, we had a poll out last year. The same group put out a research that said that we have 12 of the 20 drunkest cities. So you have 12 of the 20 drunkest cities, but you only have... The sixth drunkest state. And if you're going by capita, some of the cities, Madison, La Crosse, Eau Claire, you know, where, where's Pleasant Springs? Where's Tolkien Creek? Where's Plain? Uh, where's Muscaday? Where's Highland? Uh, these are tiny little towns that <laughs> have nine bars. Where's Gotham? Right. They have nine bars and one school or, or one gas station, but they have 15 town pumps. Beer, beer, beer. So, yeah, I ain't buying it. I ain't Don't buying buy it. it. Uh, are we buying the poll results that it's going to be a less than stellar year for the Brewers? Uh, continuing to lead in this Twitter poll for your season expectations, 81 and 81. A 500 season for the Brewers, which again, not brutal, keeps you relevant, keeps you, keeps us as Brewer fans just interested enough so where we pay attention during the summer, where we say, hey, it's Wednesday night, let me flip on the Brewer game, or it's a Saturday and I don't have anything to do let me get a couple of my boys. Let's go to Miller Park for the day because they're just good enough to be inter- interesting, but they're not good enough to keep you all the way till the end. They're just good enough to kind of keep you involved through the summer. Is that all we want from the Brewers? Because I would have thought last year at this time would have been go to the World Series. Well, yeah, I mean, I want obviously to, for the Brewers to win the World Series. I would would love nothing more than to see them win the World Series. That would be, you know, the dream come true. But when you look at this team and you look at the situation they're in being the smallest market and you look at their roster, I mean, what's your gut tell you? My gut tells me wild card. I didn't vote for just 500. I voted wild card. Nelly, you went, I'm going to guess 500. Yeah, I vote. I voted for them to be above 500. And Miller, you voted division? Win division. I think that's a fair goal. I, I Well, the Cubs are going to stink this year. I the I think the Cubs are in a stink. I think the Cardinals are still the good. team to beat. But the Brewers almost had them last year, and that was without Yelich. And I know everybody loves the Reds, but look at another pro team in that same state. I feel like the Reds are ML, Major League Baseball's version of the Browns, where the, they've won the offseason of hype, no doubt, but you have to do it on the field. I'm just not buying the Reds. So I doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. I just think the division is still winnable. I, I think St. Louis is okay. I don't think they're super I think the Cubs take a step back. Pittsburgh's terrible. Oof. And then to me, it comes down, do you believe that on paper what Cincinnati did is good enough to make them better than Milwaukee and St. Louis? I have my doubts. Cincinnati, I mean, when's the last when's the last time Cincinnati made the playoffs? When's the last time Cincinnati's finished above third in the NL Central? Can you remember the top of your head, No. I would have to guess with the Reds, I would go back to the early 2010s. Yeah, I think they won like they had like one ninety season, ninety win season somewhere peppered in there. But the Reds, there's something about the Reds that's got a curse. The Cardinals, do you, how do you think the NL Central is going to fall? For me, I feel like it's going to be Cardinals, Reds, Brewers fight for that too, and then Cubs four, obviously Pirates bottom. The Reds finished in the NLDS 
in 2012. They lost to the San Francisco Giants. Okay. Right. I think they're going to be better. I give them credit. You know, they're trying. And if you're in a small market, you know, that's what we are. It's all you want to – I mean, you want your team to try, and like, they try. They all got big names. I just – they haven't won anything at that group. Now, you could say the same thing about the Brewers two years ago and they got to the NLCS. Who knows? Maybe the Reds win 95 games and they run away with this division and the Brewers will be lucky to get the second wild card. I suppose that could happen. I just – doesn't it feel Nelson like the Browns? Doesn't this feel like the Browns? There's so much hype. Oh my God! Oh my God! Look what the Browns did! Look what the Browns did! Oh my God! Look at the Reds. They signed They're all these rendered. guys. And then how did it go for the Browns? I feel like it's the same thing's going to happen here with the Reds. Yeah, but I think I think the Reds have better management. I think the Reds have better coaches. We forget Derek Johnson is still there. Oh yeah, yep. I mean the the Reds I think have a better leadership in place than what the Browns did with Freddie Kitchens. True. <laughs> I just I don't know. Freddie Kitchens was like, are you ready to say players from other teams through T-shirts? Like S- coaches don't do that. Say that again. Didn't he wear like some shirt that was taking a shot at other teams oh, or players? Yeah, I think so. Like yeah. coaches don't do that. Freddie Kitchens and the Browns did that. <laughs> okay, but Nelson, if I if, forget the forget the Cardinals at the top, if you think they're the best, and forget the Cubs. And the Pirates, if you think they're the worst, just go to Milwaukee. If it was a heads-up bet, maybe we should make this bet someone. Would you really – are you really saying you think the Reds are going to win more games than the Brewers this year? Are you ready to make that bet? Dude, I'll you bet were gone you right on, now the Brewers win more games than the Reds. You were gone on vacation last year at the end of the season, and we were – Nathan was in, and Nathan and I were making fun of the Reds, and Nelly was like, oh, like because the owner said he wanted – instead of winning like 84 games, he wanted to win 86 games. I'm like, what's the point? That guy's an idiot. It was more like 78 games. And Nelly was like, Nelly went on a tirade of how great the Reds were. So we better watch out. So Nelly, I guarantee. You want to bet? I guarantee Nelly will take Reds over Brewers. You want to say the Reds win more games than the Brewers? Yeah, if the rosters don't currently change. We'll wait wait till opening day. Yeah, if they don't currently. Yeah, the current rosters don't drastically change, I'll take the Reds. Would you take Reds over Cardinals? I wouldn't do that. No. I said remove the Cardinals at the top, remove the Cubs in the ad. Because that's, to me, what the season comes down to. If the Brewers finish ahead of the Reds, I think they'll make the playoffs. If they finish behind the Reds, at best, you're the number two wild card. But that's assuming that nobody in the NL East or NL West is having a good season. So I think the only shot the Brewers have to make the playoffs this year is to finish at least second in the division. And that would mean beating the Reds. So kind of, in a sense, the Brewers' season is who, who has a better season, the Brewers or the Reds. So I will, I will gladly, Nelson, I think that's fair. Let's wait. Who knows? Maybe some crazy, maybe Stearns. You always got to say, you will agree with this, Nelson. And Stearns, we trust every time we've doubted the guy, he's pulled a rabbit's foot out of uh, out of his hat, right? Yeah, 90% of his trades have been money. So I will wait. And he has made moves in spring training. So you're right. We'll, we'll, we'll let, the, let the process, Ebo, play out until opening day. But if nothing has changed on opening day, at this point, I would say, I think it's going to be close. I think the Reds are on paper should be better than the Brewers, but I'm a prove it guy. I'm going to say, what have you done for me lately, guy? And the yeah. Brewer, and the Brewers to do what they did in September with no Christian Yelich, with the whole baseball world and basically most of the fan base giving up on them to to man up like they did in September. I would not bet against the Brewers. One thing I think you're forgetting though about how they quote unquote manned up in September, rule changes are going to change that a little bit yeah. here with the. Uh, the roster construction where there's not as many players being Listen, called up for September call-ups and the new the pitcher rule. So I think that will change, not especially good. how Craig Council can manage in September. Not good for the Brewers with those two rules, man. Until you hurt. 
And then if you get this new playoff format they're talking about, uh, Miller, you kind of alluded to this yesterday, didn't you? When in the new playoff format, if it comes to fruition, and was it 2022? 2021. 2021? So this would be the last year of uh, of it like you would be as rewarding, it You would be rewarding franchises like the Brewers for just barely sneaking just into the sneaking playoffs in. and not making bigger moves exactly. to win the World Series. Because you can justify saying you made – this team is good enough to be the fourth best team in the National League wild card race and they could go 83 and 79 this year i think we could agree on that right yep that would wouldn't you, would 83 and 79 nelson probably be good enough to at least get you in the hunt for the fourth wild card if there were four wild cards yeah. maybe i think you might need to win a couple more games but you'd be you'd be but you're in the mix you're 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 playing into the last weekend of the season probably for the playoffs if you're 83 and 79 if there's four wild cards there's a chance yes yeah so I don't think this year, if they go 83 and 79, they're making the playoffs. So but got, next year they could. These rule changes right now hurt the Brewers with the lack. You you know the the expanded rosters get cut down, and you have to pitch to at least three batters. Yada yada yada. That hurts the Brewers. What helps the Brewers making the playoffs? I guess would you say this is a short term help? If they do change it that way, then the Brewers will yes possibly be making the playoffs more. But then in the long term, they'll be like, well, we don't. We can't spend a lot of money to win the World Series, but hey, we're still making the playoffs. Go yep. buy these shirts. Go buy these hats. Go buy some tickets to see us lose in the well, first round. Well, it's the it's the comeback is Mr. Mount Notice himself over there for many years with Greg Gard and the Greg Gard detractors of well, he made the NCAA tournament, but they lost in the first round. If the goal is the goal to make the NCAA tournament every year, or is the goal to make a deep run? Same thing would be with the Brewers. Okay. Uh, you made the playoffs, but you went out in the wild card. If the Brewers for the next three years, if this if this happens next year, and they add two more wild cards, and for three straight years the Brewers are the third or fourth wild card team, you're hanging a playoff banner every year. You're getting extra games. You're saying you're a postseason team, but you're not winning anything. Like is are, is that going to be enough for Brewer fans to say, well, they've made the playoffs three straight years? They say, dude, you're the fourth wild card. You you haven't won a playoff series in five straight years. Like that will be that's a great discussion. I would love to have that in three years from now. If they add this playoff thing and the Brewers like make it as a third or fourth wild card for two straight years, but don't win a series, are those still successful seasons or not for a franchise like Milwaukee? I'm if they expand the playoffs and we have the question there's a successful season to make the playoffs like that, I would say no. Just because it's easier than it's like a participation trophy. Isn't it isn't it like, Well, is it though? That that's I mean you put that in a super, super if long future file. Yeah. 2022, we'll talk about it. 608-321-1670. What? Oh, man. Look at this. They're talking about XFL expansion already. Yeah. See, everybody's ripping. No, not. Yeah. They're talking about I mean, putting a team in Ohio. No. Ohio. XFL Canton starting a petition. No, I mean, really? You want to put. I get it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but. I think Wisconsin is a much better location. If they're going to add teams next year, then freaking Ohio. Stop it, XFL. Go ahead, caller. Hey, Scott. Hey, hello. You're good, yes. Hey. <laughs> okay, Joe, I got a trivia for you. What, Scott? And I looked it up. <laughs> Who was the main event tag team in WrestleMania 1? Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Piper and Paul Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. And there actually was a six man. There was. Oh, well, he will actually do. No, it's a tag team. Or he will actually oh, himself. Yeah. Well, it's saying Superfly was there too. Give me Superfly. Because they got it in front of me. Scott, you're Superfly. 
It was Mr. Wonderful Pollendorf, Roddy Piper, Cowboy Bob Orton. Oh, they were like the man. They didn't fight. Yeah, you're right. They, but they didn't fight. Cowboy Bob Orton was like the manager. It was Hulk yeah. Hogan and Mr. T, and Jimmy Snooker was their manager. I just have to, it has a, that's pretty good, man. That's something. That came out of nowhere, Scotty. Yeah, I just wanted to have some fun I with told that. you, Scott, wrestling, there is no wrestling trivia you can get, answer me, that I will not get. Okay, who, what wrestler invented the stranglehold? <laughs> Mike A. Grandpa. Who weighs more, Scott or King Kong Bundy? King Kong Bundy, by Are far. You sure? Oh, yes. Oh, thank you, Joe. Well, Scott, I don't know if you've been exercising, Scott. Joe, the answer to that question was Ivan Lewis. I, oh. Scott, was that your great grandfather? Ivan Lewis, that's his name, right? Ivan. Damn it. Ivan. And he invented it, it, choking people. It's, it, and now, son, you're looking it up. It's E V. It's V E. It's E V E N. Okay. You have to look up his strangler. It, he's from Ridgeway. And okay, he, Scott. Scott, he invented choking people, right? Yes. Yes. Scott, I have a trivia question for you then. What's that? Who said this? Iran, number one. Russia, number one. USA, puh. Uh, Nikolai Volkov. That'd be the Iron Sheik. Oh, that was a good guess. Well, that really was wrong. Okay. Yeah, uh, Nelson, you're looking it up. Iran, number one. Russia, number one. USA, puh. Nelson, you're looking it up. Scott, if someone said that to me about America, I'd punch him right in the face. If I could get to him. One one hit or quitter. He'll be snoozing. Ebo, you ought to read that on the air. I'm going to call a ghost of your great-grandfather to choke him out. Yeah, you ought to read that sometime on the air. Read what? About my grandpa. Scott, you already told us. He invented choking people. Yeah, but there's a big article on Wikipedia. Like uh, People don't believe me when I say I met the guy that's related to the guy that literally invented <laughs> choking people. If they don't you believe it, 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 it's Strangler Lewis from Ridgewood, Wisconsin. And clearly, there, Scott, he literally, no one choked anyone before he did it. He invented it. It, it wasn't called the chokehold. Yeah, he invented it, choking it, people. Yeah, it had a different name. But yes, he is 12 time champion in the world. I believe you, Scott. Okay. Evo, do me a favor, look that up and show Joe so he, he, he doesn't Scott, doubt Scott, we me. all believe you. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. See you, buddy. Thank Bye. you, Scott. Well, I believe him. You I, believe I, him, right? I, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Of course Nelly, I believe you believe him. him, right? Nelson, do you believe him? Oh, yeah. No yeah. one choked anyone until Scott's yeah. great-grandfather invented it. I, I don't, we I, just I don't know why you think I'm being cynical, Scott. I completely agree. Scott, I believe you 110%. All right, 608-321-1670. Ooh, big, big news on, on Twitter. What? Looking just just looking just gave me a follow. Things are starting to pick up. Who? I can't see your mention. I can't see your I, You gotta look at. You gotta look through the break. Pretty funny. I, I can't right. see who your mentions though. You have to show me. Okay, I'll show it to you. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Um. Oh, I forgot to get you this tweet. Uh, this is good too. This was hit up me at Action Zone Radio. Now, does this change the alcohol situation? When I listed off all the the cities, it's the drunkest cities in Wisconsin, not towns or villages. Because I said, you know, if you look at some of these little towns, yeah, like per capita, okay, cities. but it's drunkest cities. cities. But that's still, though, like Dodgeville's a city. Muscaday's uh, a city. Uh, is it a town? Uh, of, or is, it a ta- is it a city? They're not cities. They're not? Okay. Well, well maybe, I mean, when there's 3,500 people, is that a city? I, Dude, I'm not in, like, local government. I don't know, but that's a good point. Maybe 
maybe it is per cities, because if it is per capita, then Wisconsin truly could be the sixth uh, best drunkest state. I still don't believe it, but I'm trying to get my arms around it. The other uh, team in Milwaukee, a pretty good expectations right there. That would be the Milwaukee Bucks, who in the, no, it's technically not 50 50. Uh, the NBA does it a little differently. Uh, you know, the All Star breaks almost two thirds of the way into the season. But if we look at the All Star break, I mean, we certainly look at it in baseball, you know, kind of the midway point of the season. If we look at the All Star break as the jumping off point for the NBA season, Milwaukee plays its final game tonight again in Indiana. Uh, the Pacers, sixth seed in the East. I mean, look, no Giannis. I still pick the Bucks tonight. I still think in a pick em situation, I'd take a 46-7 and seven team over a 31-23 and 23 team. So you have 29 games to go, Ebo. Seven losses. <laughs> uh, the next best record is the Lakers at 40-12. and 12. So you're five games clear right now of the best record in the NBA. Uh, I will say as good as last season was up until the Eastern Conference Finals, and, you know, an offseason where you lose Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, you get in Wesley Matthews, you get Kyle Korver, you get, you know, Robin Lopez. But I, I didn't think any of that, you know, countered, you know, losing a rookie of the year. I thought they would still be the best team in the East because they had Giannis and because Kawhi Leonard left. But I would have thought more along the lines of, like, it would be a good season to win 60 games, right? 60 yeah. and 22 would have been a pretty good accomplishment based on what they did last year, coming so close, losing a key player, but bringing, you know, you re-sign Middleton, um, you you get some nice role players. And I, I would have thought 56, 60 wins would have been a pretty nice season for Milwaukee. Right? Yeah, what they win last year, 61, 60, 61? Uh, in 2018, they won 60 games. 60 so games, I, yeah. I, so I, 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 fi- thought, I figured, you know, they maybe would take a tiny step back. Right. Just went upper 50s, maybe, or or tie it or whatever. But the yeah. fact that they're on pace to win 70 games this season is insane. Yeah, and that's where I'm getting at. I mean, you look at last season. Now, Golden State, I'm talking before the injury, before the bottom fell out. They still had Durant, and they still had Steph Curry, and they still had Draymond and Klay Thompson for the most of the regular season. They won 58 games last year. The Toronto Raptors, with Kawhi Leonard and a great team, won 58 games last year. Yep. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, who played out of their minds last year, won 56 games. So the, the Bucks to win in that margin this year would have been, I think, if you would have told me in October when the season starts, they'll be like Golden State was last year. 56, 57 sure. wins, probably still good enough to win the East regular season. And then it'll be, you know, who do they match up in the playoffs? I think everybody would have been like, yeah, hell yeah. Well, to yeah. your point, they they are on pace now to to win that fifty sixth game by the first week of March. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the the NBA regular season ends at the end of April. <laughs> They're on pace to beat la, you know last year's win total with a month of the re, the last regular season game was Wednesday, April the fifteenth. If they were to win tonight and get to to win number forty, what seven forty eight. I mean, they'd have to basically go 12-20 and 20 the rest of the season to, to equal last year's record. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. It's just to, to put the math in context of how great this team is. Think about that. They'd have to go 12-20 and 20 starting tonight, and they would still match last year's win total. 
I think we all agree they're going to go more than 12 and 20 down the stretch run here. Yes. So I'm looking at, um, this is playoffstatus.com. How close is your team to clinching a certain playoff spot? A winning magic number is the number of consecutive upcoming games a team must win to guarantee winning a given playoff spot. To guarantee the eight seed, four wins. Seven seed, five. (laughs) Six, nine. Uh, obviously, five, eleven, four, fourteen, three, sixteen, two, nineteen, and one, twenty-two. The Bucks, the Bucks are going to be <laughs> securing a spot for the playoffs. What? Yeah, they. they I said this like, last week. They already have a magic. They're the only team that has a magic, magic number. number in February. It's insane. It's 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 nuts. The Bucks are, and everything they're doing this year, and things that Giannis is doing alone. He's breaking so many records that have never been done before, and if they have been done before, they're by players that are Hall of Famers and went on to win the NBA Finals that year. So the Bucks are putting up a better point margin, a better better numbers than like the Lakers of like the seventies. You know, all these teams that were when you think of NBA, you think of these premier teams, right? You think of these old guards that like, oh my God, how could everyone anyone ever touch these this kind of winning? Like the Lakers, right? When you think Lakers, you think prestigious winning, right? Yeah. The Bucks are blowing those teams out of the water with stats. Yep. And it all is equating to winning the NBA Finals. Do you get your hopes up, though? That's the one thing. That, that well, and then there's that. So there's a lot I want to uh, get to on this this run of the Bucks. Um, and, again, the math right now to basically only have to win 12 to 13 more games to basically get to 60 wins – which last year, 60 wins was good enough to have the best record in the NBA. I mean, they're on pace to shatter that. I mean, 70, you know, I'm not ready to say they're going to go, you know, 26 and three, um, but why not? (laughs) You know I mean? Why wouldn't 20, that's what it would take to to beat, you know, to, to be, to compete with the Golden State Warriors and the Bulls, the two greatest regular season teams of all time. I mean, I don't think 26 and three is on the table, Mm -hmm. but did I think forty six and seven was on the table? So I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say there's no chance they're not going to go twenty six and three the rest of the way. So I'm, I'm reading the playoffstatus.com. The if your team has a DNCD by it, it indicates that the team does not control its destiny. The Milwaukee Bucks are the only team, the only team in the East that does not have a does not control its destiny for this playoff spot. The Raptors can't have control their own destiny for a one seed. Only the Milwaukee Bucks control their own destiny for every single seed. Every other team, there's scenarios where they don't control their own destiny. The Bucks are destined for the NBA Finals and to win it this year. If you look at all the numbers and all the trends and all this and that, the Bucks going to do it.